Welcome to this episode of the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. The Greenville Oaks Church of Christ seeks all who need Jesus and together are becoming His fully devoted followers, encouraging and equipping people to love God, love people, and serve others in an ever-growing way of life. Find out more about Greenville Oaks or connect with us online at greenvilleoaks.org. As always, we ask that you subscribe to, rate, and review our podcast. It makes it easier for others to find us. And now, on to this week's message with Lead Minister Colin Peck. church. I, uh, I want to just take time to just continue that prayer we've been praying, inviting the Holy Spirit to come and to do what only Holy Spirit can do. Uh, without God's presence here with us, this is just another gathering of people. But we believe the Spirit of God is here. And where, where that happens, revival can break out. Where that happens, conviction can occur in our lives. Where that happens, courses of our lives can be transformed in a moment. Because there's a power beyond us that's here. And so let's pray together as we invite the Spirit into this time. God, we thank you for your presence here. We thank you for Jesus and for the life that he lived and that he sits at your right hand, God. And we long for the day we get to see him face to face. But for today, God, we thank you for the great gift of the Holy Spirit that is present with us that we open our lives to again. So this morning, God, wherever we come from, we want to we come with open hands, God, ready to receive uh, good news, ready to receive uh, correction where it's needed, ready to receive the grace and mercy that we so desperately need to walk the next step in our journey, and ready to receive those around us, God, that are on this journey with us and their wisdom and their relationship. God, I pray this morning you would pour through me the gift of preaching, which is a gift of the Holy Spirit. And it's only by that gift that uh, I ask that you would bring that I might come this morning so that whatever is true would be remembered this morning. Whatever I speak this morning that is not of your spirit, God, that it would fall away not to be remembered. And I lift this all up in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, we've talked a lot in this series about the person of the Holy Spirit. And we've talked about the relationship within the Trinity, about this incredible gift that was promised through Jesus. But this morning I want to take a more practical look at the Holy Spirit and the impact the Spirit makes on our decision making when it comes to key moments in our journey, when it comes to the path that God has called us on. It was uh, a few years ago that I got a question from my son that got me to thinking about the Holy Spirit and about discerning the will of God and how that happens. I don't know about you, this is the way it happens for me as I grow up with uh, a story about God but when my kids ask me about faith, it forces me to rethink what I want to hand on. What are the things that I've been handed and passed on are important to, to continue? What are things that I don't really believe, but it takes my kids' question to force me to rethink it? And that can be a disconcerting thing, right? When we're telling these stories and we get these questions. And the simple question that Maddox asked me, which happened at bedtime, he has a gift of this, I think, the philosophical questions that come uh, to delay bedtime, I think is part of it, but it's also questions that are in his mind. and. 
And he asked the question, Dad, how do we hear the voice of God? How do we determine the path we're supposed to go on? Do, does God still speak today? That was the sense of the question. And I, what I wish is I would had more time in that moment to prepare a response to his question. Because I don't think what I gave him at the time was probably as good as I'd like to give. But today is the answer that I wish I would have given to Maddox. And I've gotten some time to think about that and to process that. And I want to share that with you. And I, Maddox is actually here. And I'm glad that all of the, 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 the young adults and kids are in our church this morning. We're glad that you're in this place with us. And we know that uh, most Sundays you have a special worship time that's yours. But we want you to know you're part of this church. Valuable members. You're not the church of the future. You're the church of the present. And I think what I have to share today, I hope it's helpful to everyone in the room. And I hope you'll hear this as well as a word about how maybe you'll hear the call of God in your life in the days ahead. Let's pray uh, again that God would work this morning. God, we just invite you into the, our, our lives today. And, and we want to hear your voice. And so, God, would you speak this morning? We lift this up in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to start this morning by uh, going to a passage from the book of James. James chapter 1. Now, I want to remind you who James is. James is the brother of Jesus. Now, imagine for a moment that you had a brother or sister that claimed to be some incredible person, that they were going to do incredible things in their life. They even made the claim that they were the son of God. What would it take for you to actually believe that about a sibling? Well, for James, it's the resurrection of his brother that does that. And he becomes a leader in the church. He writes this letter, uh, the book of James, and has valuable insight for us here. And that's who this is that's writing this, is the brother of Jesus who believes that his brother is the son of God because he's seen him resurrected. So listen to this word as we think about how we discern God's will right now. If any of you lacks wisdom, James writes, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. James says, if you need wisdom, ask for it. Ask God and ask in full faith. And I love this because sometimes I get the imagination that God is this, you know, God who has all of these treasures and resources and wisdom at his disposal. And maybe he's wanting to hoard those and hold those back. But that is not the image James gives us. He says, God wants to generously give this wisdom to us. What we need to do is we need to ask. And we need to ask in faith as people who long to have an answer from him. One of the ways that God gives us wisdom, I believe, in a passage like this is through the Holy Spirit of God. Last week, Riley did a great job pointing us to more about the Holy Spirit. He talked about John 14 through 16, which is this really important passage where Jesus tells his disciples that he's leaving, but he's going to leave the Holy Spirit with them after that. And the word that, that John uses to describe this Holy Spirit is the word paraclete. And paraclete can mean simply advocate, helper. Or, I love this, literally it means one who is called alongside or beside. This paraclete, this advocate, the Holy Spirit is called by God to advocate for us. The Spirit is called to help us, to counsel us, to advise us. He's our helper. Which reminds me of lots of stories in the Bible about how we see God coming alongside. But one of those stories is a story about a guy named Gideon in the Old Testament. And Gideon... Uh, is, is an interesting character. I'll tell you more about his story as we move along. But he hears this angel saying to him in the midst of this story, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And Gideon looks around and he's thinking, surely this angel or whatever this voice is is talking to someone else. It couldn't be me. 
But he responds to this voice. He says, pardon me, my Lord. Are you talking to me? And if you're talking to me, then I've got a question for you. Where have you been, God? We've heard stories from our ancestors about how you used to show up and how you used to act. He's heard this story about the exodus and God freeing the people of Israel. But God hadn't shown up in his time, it seems. How many of you prayed this prayer to God before? It sounds something like this. Maybe you didn't know it was a prayer. But it was this utter, it was this cry of, God, where are you? Why, Why are you not coming through with the answers to the prayer that we desire? Why does good happen to all the evil people? And why does evil seem to happen in my life while I'm trying to be righteous? I want to tell you this story of Gideon reminds us that that cry to God is actually a cry of faith that God receives. It's perfectly okay to ask these kinds of questions to God. And the angel of the Lord says at this point, he says, go and save Israel from the hand of Midian. And Gideon says, Pardon me, my Lord. Are you talking to me? I'm the smallest member of the smallest family of the smallest clan in the entire tribe of Israel. You've got the wrong guy. And God says, no, no, no. I'll be with you and you're going to win this battle. And at this point, I'm guessing Gideon feels like uh, some of us feel when we wake up from a nap. Like, am I dreaming this? Is this a vision? Is this really happening right now? So so Gideon decides, I'm going to test God and kind of see if this is really the voice of God or not. And so Gideon says in this story, he says, give me a sign that it's really you who is talking to me. And God gives him a sign, and it's a sign I wish I would get every time I'd ask God a question. God burns up a cow in front of him. Like he burns up a steak dinner for him. It's an amazing story. Don't you wish that every time God called you to big things, you know, the steak would be prepared for you. That would be the sign. But that's not enough for Gideon. Gideon says, all right, all right. That's a, that's a good trick, God. That's a good sign. Maybe this is, maybe this is your call. But then he says, no. If you're really God, then I need you to do something else. I'm going to set out a wool fleece on the ground. And what I want you to do is to let the dew soak that fleece, but I want you to leave the ground around the fleece dry. So he wakes up the next morning and guess what he finds? Fleece is wet, grass around is dry. And he does what a lot of us would do in that story, right? Well, maybe I missed the picture. Maybe I need another sign, God, right? So he says, tomorrow, what I want you to do is keep the fleece dry and I want the grass around it to be wet and sure enough he wakes up the next morning and that's exactly what he finds. And, and I think about this story because I, sometimes I think that it's hard to hear from God and sometimes I struggle to know what God's voice is but this story reminds me that the God of the universe wants to communicate his will to us. That's the kind of God we serve. It's a God who generously gives wisdom when we ask. This is a God who wants to communicate his vision to us as his human beings. And one of the ways God communicates his will to us is through the Holy Spirit. Again, the Holy Spirit is your advocate, your helper, the counselor, the one who is called alongside you. But in my life, I've discovered something, uh, and that is this, that I am often able to see God's movement in the rearview mirror and in the past much more than I'm able to name God's Spirit's word to me in the present moment. You find this to be true, like you look back on your life and you can see God's hand superintending where you got to. You can see how the hard times got you to certain places and the good times were blessings that God brought. But in the moment, it is so much harder to be able to say, this is the Lord's will. This is the Spirit's word to me in this season. And so today I want to talk about that. How do we discern God's action, not just in the past, but in the present moment as we seek God's movement and direction in our lives? But before we get to that question, I want to talk about a common misperception that I grew up with that I think a lot of us have grown up with. 
when it comes to the Holy Spirit. And that common misperception is this, that there is one clear path that is God's path for our life, and if we divert from it, that that is the end of things, right? I grew up with this assumption that, God, I, I know you have a path for my life. And so every single decision seemed like there were three doors. And behind every door, there was God behind one of the doors. And then probably really bad stuff on the other side of the other doors. And sometimes that's actually the case, right? There are real consequences to decisions we make. So I'm not suggesting that every path is acceptable. What I'm suggesting is that I think God finds us on the other side of all of the doors that we walk through. And what we're praying is, God, we want to trust you with all our hearts. Lean not on our own understanding. In all our ways, acknowledge you. And you're going to direct our path no matter what door that is we walk through. And so I think the problem is when we think that there's one path, we become paralyzed. Because we begin to think that, well, if I, if I make a mistake on this decision, then how far off course will I get? If I, if I don't hear directly from God, then I've got to wait and, and not take any movement of my own. And I my sense is that God meets us on the other side of all of the decisions we make to call us back to faithfulness or to direct our paths in that crooked way back. In fact, some of our greatest benefits and blessings in the church come from the wrong detours we've taken when we've repented and come back to tell stories of God's testimony of our healing in the midst of those things. And so how do you make a decision? If it's one path, it's really hard to make a decision, right? I mean, every decision is fraught with a sense of, well, man, I might make a mistake here. But I've come to believe that God's will can be accomplished in a lot of different ways, a variety of ways. Some doors are obviously closed to Christ's followers, and I'll talk about those boundaries in a moment. But if I had chosen to go to a, a different college than I went to, I, th I think God could have probably used me in a different way. If, if I'd chosen to marry someone different than Holly, I think I could have led... Um, a life that would have been just fine. Holly and I talk about this in first service. This was easier to say because she wasn't here. But, but we both believe this. That The problem with believing that God has one person that's designed for us, that's a soulmate, is when things get in trouble in our marriage, we can sometimes think, well, I must have picked the wrong person. And we can justify things that are not of God in order to find that person. See, the, our soulmate's the person that we choose to do life with, that we choose to keep a commitment to, that we pour our energy and life and love into. We make a decision in those things. When we make that decision, we keep that. That's the teaching of Scripture. I, I could have gone and done another career, and I think God could have perfectly used me in that way. In fact, it's very interesting to listen to the kinds of things that people think God does in their lives. And I don't want to question other people's experience. I think God is very active in the world. But it's interesting when God, people talk about parking spots that God's opened up for them. Or, or you hear athletes after a game talk about how God gave them the victory or the touchdown. And it's not out of the realm of possibility that God might help people score touchdowns. But when football players insinuate that God won them the football game, it makes you wonder why he's spending all his time on those wonders when 800 million people around the world don't have access to clean drinking water. That's like one in nine people. They're going to struggle to find that today. It's like, what are God's priorities if these are the small things he does? And, and I, I don't say this to say God doesn't want to know the desires of our heart. I, I believe like any good parent, we want to know what the desires of our children are. But that doesn't mean that every desire they have is something that we're going to fulfill. Because the goal in parenting for me is not my children's happiness. Not instant gratification. Some of the things I want them to learn is life is really hard and you've got to find your way through it. Some of the things I want them to learn is that delayed gratification is actually a really good thing, even though you want a snack and a dessert at every meal. 
So happiness isn't the goal for us. It's holiness and it's children that are pursuing God every step of the way, no matter what door in life they walk through. And I think God's the same way. God's not really after our happiness. If he was for our happiness, well, he'd do everything in the world the way we think it ought to be done. He, he desires for us to be connected to him, to be transformed into the image of Jesus. And if you're honest, some of the greatest moments of gratitude in your life have come because some of the hardest moments in your life. It, it was being deprived of something that you saw the joy of what a small pleasure could be. It's, it's because of difficult times in relationships that you enjoy. We only know light because of darkness. And it's because of those hard times that I think we're drawn to God and come to depend on him. But the question I really want to address this morning is how do we discern the will of God? How do we hear God's voice? It's back to Maddox's question that I've been struggling with and tried to kind of write today about and, and wanted to tell you more about what I've discerned in this. Even if every decision isn't necessarily a path that we have to know exactly what it is. And when I say that, I want you to know God does call specific people in certain seasons. I, I don't mean to say that God doesn't have direct calls on people's life, but I do mean to say we shouldn't be paralyzed, that there are things we can know that are within the will of God that we ought to walk through uh, on, on our journey with him when we discern God's will in it. So there's three things that I want to talk about today that are part of how we discern the will of God in our lives. I'm usually not a three-point uh, sermon uh, guy, but if you're one who likes to write one, two, and three and have something, you'll have something in the blank today, okay? So number one, how do we discern the will of God? First, the Holy Spirit helps us discern God's will through the Bible, through the Scriptures. Spiritual direction has to begin with a commitment to the Word of God, because through the Bible, God gives us objective boundaries for the things that we decide within those boundaries, for instance, maybe one of you is deciding uh, that you want to have a meeting with me this week, and I want to tell you this ahead of time so you don't schedule the meeting with me, okay? If someone were to come to me this week and say, you know, I've been married to my wife for 20 years, but the Holy Spirit told me that there's another woman I'm supposed to marry, I would say, I I'm sorry, the Holy Spirit cannot say that because the Holy Spirit has already set out in Scripture that a covenant is to be a lifelong covenant, so the Holy Spirit can't go against the things that the Holy Spirit has already declared in Scripture because those Scriptures are inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. Does that make sense what I'm saying? And so we, we have some objective standard of what's within the will of God and what is outside the will of God by looking at the Scriptures that have been given to us by the Holy Spirit of God. But within those boundaries of what is outlined in Scripture, there's a lot of room for discernment, which leads me to number two. Second, the Holy Spirit helps us discern God's will through prompting, counsel, convicting, and urging. And this is something we haven't talked as much about. I'm, uh, I'm less experienced in this. I know to go to Scripture for answers to questions in life. But the witness of the Spirit is this inner confirmation in your spirit of the Spirit's direction. One way you're, you know that the Holy Spirit's guidance is that he confirms to your human spirit that you're doing the will of God. So you're to pay attention to the promptings of the Spirit. Now the problem with this is that not every spirit and not every idea we have comes from God. And so discerning the Spirit is an important thing. There are things, again, that are outside the boundary of what God has already laid out in the Scripture. That's clear to us. But there's other times we hear voices and there are spirits that are working against us, knowing the truth and knowing what's best, that we have to be able to discern the difference and hear the difference between the Spirit of God and spirits that wouldn't be directing us in the right direction. 
And so I think time spent in the Word, time spent in relationship with the Spirit helps us from these inner promptings, whether they're from the Spirit of God or whether they're not. But that's only two of the things that I want to share with you. Scripture and the promptings, the internal work of the Spirit. Uh, but one of those things I want to talk about in this second point is a practice that I've uh, uh, found beneficial to me that I also encourage those who are new to faith especially to, uh, to, to walk into this. It's, it's the spiritual practice of examen. And for me, the way this works out is every night when my head hits the pillow, I go through a process of examining my day. There's three questions that I ask. The first is, where did I see God at work in my life and in my interaction today? And the reason I do that is I want to be able to name and see God, not just in the rearview mirror, but I want to be able to see it more up close in a more regular way. And so part of that is seeing where God's worked in the past and seeing through my day where I see God at work. And I try to name that. The second thing I try to do is I ask, where today did I, did I live my life in tune with the commitment I've made of making Jesus Lord? I claim to be a Christian. And there are times where I live up to that commitment. And I want to be able to see those times where I did and I, I'm becoming to look more like Jesus. I want to name those times and give God thanks for the Spirit of God working in my life. But I also want to ask the question, where did I act today? Where was my attitude not the will of God, not the commitment I've made to live as a Christian? And I want to be able to name those every night. And I do this with new Christians as well because what I want them to see is not just that God years ago or that they can see God's hand in the past. I want them to be able to see in the present moment the action of God in our world. And so one thing I'll do is I'll say, over the next week before we meet again, I want to encourage you, write out in your journal each day where you saw God at work in the world. Now right now, if you're not a Christian, you may say, uh, you may call these things coincidences. You may see other Christians who call them God moments or things, right? Whatever you call it, just write those things down and we're going to come back and talk about it. And I'll do the same thing. And so uh, the next week we'll come together. And it's amazing the ways that I'm able to share what I see as God at work in the world. And it's things they would have never seen or imagined would have been the work of God. And I'm always amazed by those who come who are new to faith, who have fresh eyes, who are able to say, this is how I saw God at work. And I would have never named that as the work of God. But what we're trying to do is move away from seeing things as coincidences to naming that and giving God the glory that those are works of God in the world. And so those are the things in, 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 that have been helpful to me and that I, I want us to get. Because I think, there's a, I think there's this move that happens in our spiritual maturity to where the closer we get with God and the closer we get to God's spirit, the less time it takes to see God's action in the past. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Like early on you can see in scripture and then you can begin to see earlier in your life. But as you get closer to God, that gap between the movement of the spirit and noticing and being able to identify it, I think that shortens as we come to know God more deeply. But that's not it. The third thing, the third way that we discern the will of God is the Holy Spirit helps us discern God's will through Holy Spirit-filled people who can help you discern with you the movement of the Spirit in your life. Now notice, I didn't say surround yourself with people who you know will tell you what you want to hear and call that the Spirit of God. There's a difference between that and people who are Spirit-filled people who've learned to attune to the Spirit's work and discern with you in community what this looks like. These need to be people who are filled with an understanding of Scripture. That's the first of these standards. Who understand the, their own promptings of the Spirit in their own life. And then that needs to work in a communal sense together. I, I believe this is why our community groups here at Greenville Oaks, our small groups, are so important. 
Because it's going to be really hard to develop relationships in a room this size where you can go to people and feel comfortable to do that. But in our community groups, this ought to be part of the work of what every one of our groups does. Is when we come to big forks on the road, big decisions in our lives, we shouldn't just be making those decisions within our family unit. We ought to be submitting those decisions to the sermon of others who are filled with the Spirit of God and saying, I trust you with my life. We've been doing life together. We've been praying together. You know my passions in my heart and you're learning to hear the Spirit of God yourself, we submit that to communal discernment together. And this is what I love uh, about the opportunities for individuals to grow, the opportunity for uh, uh, small groups to grow, the opportunity for a church to grow. This is what I get to see all the time with our leadership is we're doing these three things. We're asking questions in light of things that come up. We're going back to Scripture to see what it has to say. We're, we're listening to the promptings of the Spirit in our own life, and then we're coming together communally believing the Spirit of God works in that community to help us discern the future together. So I want you to think about these three things. To summarize, the, uh, God speaks, I believe, through uh, the Bible, which gives us objective standards. And the Holy Spirit gives you subjective leading, the prompting in your life. And spiritual friends provide a sense of loving wisdom and discernment. And I want to ask you this morning, with those three things, which of those are, do you need to shore up most in your life? Like, just pick one of those that you need to grow in when it comes to your discernment. Some of you, you need to know the Scriptures better. Like, you have, a, you have an open guide to know the will and the Word of God and to grow in that. And so, for some of us, it may look like uh, studying Scripture more, coming to know the Word of God. So it's not just our own inner promptings, but it's the Word of God that directs this. For others of us, it may be that we're not in touch at all with the Spirit of God in our lives. This whole sense of subjective leading and prompting, I, I don't know how to work through that. And, and I, I think prayer and, and spiritual disciplines, examining the Spirit's work in our life, that, that may be a place that some of us need to get in touch with and to grow in, is to ask God to prompt us more. In fact, this week I want to encourage you. Uh, often we say no, I think, to promptings that we all know we have with the Spirit of God. We see somebody who's discouraged and we feel that sense of they need encouragement. I want to encourage you this week, don't, don't say no to that prompting, go and encourage. See somebody that you've never met before and you're thinking, man, the Spirit is prompting me to go and speak a word of hope or or say a word of prayer. Go and do that. Now, you're going to make a fool of yourself sometimes, but that's part of how we learn the Spirit's prompting in our life. But I want to encourage you to say yes this week to those promptings and see what happens in place. The third thing, though, that we may need to do is to develop more close friendships, spiritual friendships with people who are able to discern with us the action of the Spirit. So I want you to think about this week, what of those three things do you want to grow in over the next season? Because I think discernment takes all three of those things. And that's what I would want to tell Maddox all over again. You know, when I came to Greenville Oaks, I had one of those moments. And that's actually what prompted this conversation. That night we were talking and I was talking about how here we are at Greenville Oaks. Isn't it great that we're at this place? And and, uh, and Maddox said, yeah, why did we move, Dad? Like, how did we know it was... We were supposed to move to Dallas. Did you hear God? Like, how, how do we know those things? And, and I wish I knew then what I would say now. And that is, well, Maddox, we looked at Scripture, right? Scripture defines some objective standards for us. Now, that's not real helpful all the time in decisions like what church you'll serve, right? I mean, Greenville Oaks isn't anywhere in the Bible. I looked. And, and then you, you've got to ask about those inner promptings. God, give us peace about where you're directing us. Open the doors that need to be opened and so forth. And we ask those questions. And then we ask the people around us, spiritual friends. I had an elder uh, at the church in Denver that I was at where I preached before this. And, 
And uh, about a year before uh, the opportunity came to come to Greenville Oaks, I thought that we would be leaving Denver for a church opportunity. And as I talked to that elder in that church in Denver, you know, he gave me good guidance to say, I don't, I don't think the church is ready for this at this point. I, I don't think you have learned all you need to, to, to learn and mature before you're ready for whatever's next. And it was a year later when the discernment came here at Greenville Oaks that they would ask me that I came back to that same elder and it, boy, how, what a blessing it is to be at a place where someone's not thinking selfishly about what's best, but thinking about what's best for you. That's what good discernment looks like, right? And that, that elder was able to say, you know, I think things have happened to where we're in a better place in this church, and I, I think God's called you for this time to this. And that combined with the discernment of the search committee here was the confirmation we needed. And so, no, we never heard a voice, and I didn't get a steak dinner that God revealed this to me, although I'm still open if God wants to do that. But uh, we did have confirmed in our spirit, and we're grateful to be together with you in this place. And so I, I want to encourage you over these next few weeks. We're going to close the service this morning with a, a prayer, and I'm going to ask the band to come on up too. Um, as we were singing Behold earlier, I was moved by that, and I want to close the service with that. And I want you to notice the verse particularly about the Holy Spirit. We sing this again. It's a powerful word. Asking God to behold in our own day uh, what we need to behold and uh, I wonder if this sermon together with this song might be a good way for us to close this morning. And so I want to ask you to stand right now. I want to pray us um, into this song. And then I uh, want to ask you wherever you are, whatever it is you're discerning right now, lift that up to God right now in prayer. Commit to looking at Scripture. Commit to noticing the inner promptings of the Spirit. And commit to gathering around with others who are Spirit-filled people to discern God's will. Because I believe God wants to communicate His will to you. And James says that wisdom comes when we ask in faith. Let's pray this morning. God, we, we thank you for this time. I thank you for your word, for the way it gives us uh, a way to understand the spirit of God. But I also know the spirit continues to prompt in our lives. And that's more uncomfortable, God, because we, we've been a movement that's wanted to see it in black and white words. And, and, and that's a little more subjective, a little more hard to understand and differentiate. But God, I thank you for the community of faith that surrounds us in these moments as well to help us know what your spirit is doing and what it's saying and what it's prompting us to do. God, I believe this morning that there are powerful callings you have on the lives of people in this place. I think about children, my own children that I pray these prayers over. I think about the other children that are in this room. I don't know what you're planning to do in the days ahead and the decades ahead and the lives of people in this church. That uh, desire and that calling for you to put a call in our life may be answered just today, God. And if it is, I pray we'd have faith and move forward in that. Um, but God, I pray you would speak through your word and you would speak through your spirit and you would speak through the community of people who are here together. God, would you give us courage to act when we know your spirit's calling? We pray this all in the name of Jesus and all God's people who agreed said, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. We hope this message helps you in your walk to find real significance in Jesus. Connect with us on Instagram. You can find and follow us there at Greenville Oaks. Discover more about the Greenville Oaks Church online at greenvilleoaks.org.